I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, September 12, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket tonight? We actually have a lot of stuff. The market is pretty much doing what we discussed. One of the schematical things it could do was, which is go higher. We tested the highs. We actually popped above the high and then we came back And we put in an interesting candle today. Folks that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will recognize this candle. But what you may or may not recognize is where we closed and how important this is. There's absolutely conflicting data on the chart. There are two opposing things talking to us right now. Let's go through those things, figure out what we've got on our hands, and then we'll map out a plan going forward. So first of all, we should also note there was a gap up here, but it didn't really matter because if the market was going to be up there, they were likely going to at least challenge the old highs, spike through the old highs, something of that sort. The old high was 302.23. Today's high happens to be 302.46. Spike through, close below. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that that happens all the time. Not that the S&P is making new highs all the time, but when a stock or a commodity or whatever it is, a chart that you're looking at is making a new high, they tend to do that. They tend to play games. The trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew gets involved. They come up short. They spike through. They close below. They close above. They play games. So we've seen this many, many times. Happens on 60-minute charts, happens on 120-minute charts, happens on 5-minute charts. It happens all the time. What is that conflicting data I talked about? When is he going to get to that part? Hold your horses, I'll get there. Let's talk about a couple of other things first. Success in the market is built on patience. So have some patience, I'll give you the other thing. Here's where we want to go first. The question is, are they going to keep going? Are they going to make new highs, close up there? Are they going up another 50, 75, 100 points in the S&P? Or is this it? Are they going to go down? And was this just a test of the highs, a fake out, and now we go down? That's the $64,000 question, or those are the two $64,000 questions. We don't know the answer to either of those questions right now but what we can do is we can take in the data we can take in the information knowledge is power and then using that knowledge based on what the market is doing we can act we can act accordingly and we can go along for a ride if we so choose or we can wait till a final destination occurs and then have something to trade against limiting our risk if we have to lose we lose small and fast But that's the way that you approach this kind of business case, if you will. And yes, the current market state is essentially a business case. Let's talk about the high side, the northern direction. Let's say the market gaps up in the morning. Friday morning, the market's gapping up. Is that possible? Absolutely, it's possible. We keep doing that kind of thing. So if they're gapping up, we don't know exactly where they're going. 
3100 in the S&P. We really don't necessarily know. However, we will be looking for signs and signal of a trend change. We're looking for a top. What did we say yesterday? We're looking for a top between Friday, Monday, and Tuesday. Could it have come in a day early? Of course it could. We'll talk about the downside in a moment. But remember, I was looking between Friday, Monday, and Tuesday. We're looking for a top. This may not be it. Let me give you the other thing and you'll see where I'm coming from. This could be a rope dope So you have a doji candle. Traders will trade against that doji candle. They are short the market against the high of that candle, closing above that high, or even hourly closing above that high tomorrow or Monday will create more buying because you'll have a short squeeze from those traders covering the shorts, hence panic buying ensues. Why would that be happening? Well, here's the other thing. We have a breakdown candle high right here. It's the candle from the end of July, July 31. The high is 301.20. The market closed today at 301.29. Above the high of the breakdown candle by 9 cents, yet putting in a sign or signal of a trend change. Pretty interesting stuff. Conflicting information. Absolutely designed and rubber stamped by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew, also known as Trick and Company. What about the other side? Let's say the market's trading lower on Friday. You wake up and there's red on the screen. It's a gap down. What are we looking at? What are the actual important numbers? I'm not going to give them all to you. Inside the numbers members will have the numbers. However, I'll give you the nearby number so you know at least who's on first. Let me do it like this. Today, the market gapped higher. The market then came back to test the gap, but it did not fill the gap. We know how I feel about those kind of situations. Generally, it's bullish behavior trading away from the gap without touching the gap. They'll eventually come back to fill the gap, but in the short run, that's generally bullish behavior. Here's what it looks like on an hourly chart. Here's your gap, and the gap, as far as I'm concerned, is 300.29. These lows don't come into 329. The first one comes in at 300.41. Now, some may say, hey, you're splitting hairs over a few cents. Yeah, guess what? It works. In this business, Pennies matter, ticks matter, pips matter. There was even once a time when fractions mattered more than they do today, but they still matter in the futures world. It all matters, and here's where I'm going with that. If we come in tomorrow, Friday morning, and we find the market trading down below that gap, and it's hanging down there for very long, and we begin closing hourly, below 300, below 3,000 in the ES and so on, you're going to see some selling ensue. The question will be, how much? It's Friday. Is it Trick and Company? Are they going to finish high? Are they going to whip you out of the market? We'll cover that for Inside the Numbers members on Friday. So here's the two sides of the coin. On the north side, if the market is trading higher and we are making new highs, The only thing we can do is wait for the reversal to take place. That's it. That's the only thing you do. And then you have something to trade against. You let the market go up. Maybe it goes up for two more days. 
Maybe it goes up for three more days. If it goes up for five more days, then I was totally wrong. But nothing has changed from where I sit. I'm looking for a top. The IWM, what's going on in Camp IWM? Similar type of candle, not exactly the same, but similar. For me, my preference would have been higher. Why is that? I have a reason for that. It's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, and I'm going to leave it at that right now, but I do have a reason. My preference is higher. It's not to say today won't be a top. just goes along with everything else we've been discussing. If the S&P is going to continue to make new highs, then the IWM will likely be dragged up with it. However, we do have to know this. Not all the markets will act the same all day, every day. We talk about that all the time. By and large, they're going to trade together in the big picture. However, there are canaries in the coal mine. There are markets that will sneak under the radar screen and turn early. They're giving the signal. I'm not necessarily suggesting it's happening yet in the IWM. I'm just saying it's something that certainly I'm always watching out for, and it would behoove you to watch out for it too. I can't remember the last time I used the word behoove. Does anybody use that word anymore? We discussed the fact that the IWM would be around 157 and likely find some overhead resistance in this neighborhood. So it found some overhead resistance in this neighborhood. Second day in a row closing around 157. But we can look at that in two ways. Either it's overhead resistance or if you want to be objective, unbiased, and umpire, you say... Was that or is that final destination because we haven't really been rejected from 157? See, you have to flip the burger, cook both sides. Is it really going to matter if I'm right or I'm wrong? No, it won't matter either way. If I'm wrong and everything keeps going higher and it's going higher to some number to be named later, then it's not going to matter whether 157 or 160 or 159 is or isn't the top in the IWM. It's either going to be a top in the next few days or it's not. What happens if a bout of panic buying ensues? How high can the IWM go on the next run higher? Well, this high here was 161.11. Could they get up to that high? In fact, they can. They can go higher. We'll call it 162 and we'll call it even. How about the VIX? Continuing to drip lower. Where's the buy price in the VIX? It's not 14. If you remember from last night's video, it was more in the 13 and below camp. 12 and a half, 1275, 13. That's the area certainly below 12. I'm a collector of the VIX, but I could certainly start and may start a position in the VIX the beginning of the collection stage under 13. Keep this in mind. Whether I'm right or wrong, we'll all find out after the fact. Maybe I'm the one with the pie in the face, egg in the face, all that stuff. That's fine. But here's what you have to remember. And we say this all the time. When it feels really, really wrong, it's generally right. When it feels really, really right, it's generally not. Right now, it feels pretty wrong to be short the market, but I'm not so sure it's really wrong enough just yet. Remember, there's max pain in both directions. On the downside, on the southern side, 
when the market is selling and nobody wants to buy the market and the fund managers, hedge fund managers, money managers, brokers, all that stuff, they're all hiding under the desk, under the conference table, not even coming into work. When nobody wants to buy the market, it feels really, really wrong to start buying it, doesn't it? Every single time. Why is that? Because unless you pick off the absolute bottom, you're buying something and you're down immediately. The first reaction out of your mind and my mind is, it's wrong, I'm losing money, it's going to be wrong, how much am I willing to lose? That's the first thing that goes through your mind. But here's what should go through your mind. I'm taking a position here because the number, the setup, the trade is correct. I know where I'm wrong. If the market ends up telling me I'm wrong, I'll take the hit and move on. There's another trade around the corner. However, I'm going into the situation with the 100% full expectation I'm going to win the trade with the complete understanding that you can't win every trade. That's how you approach the business. Here's a potential canary in the coal mine. Now the transports were down a little today, but look how much they're up. So we can't really make anything out of the fact they're down 47 points after being up like 1,100 points in two weeks. So everything has to be parked and put in perspective. However, we are aware this is a potential canary in the coal mine and not all markets will do the same thing at the same time every single day. Is this market making a turn ahead of time? Is it sneaking in a turn? We don't know yet. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. What if we get a vacuum to the upside? What if panic buying ensues across the board? Where can the transports go? Where is the next logical area of overhead resistance above 11,000? Is it 11,100, 11,075, 11,125? Who knows? We could probably figure it out if we tried, but it's really not necessary. We just need to get the neighborhood correct. All the houses up there pretty much look the same. Put it this way. Somebody is going to be surprised over the next few days. That's my take. We're looking for a top. I think it could still be a blow-off top to higher prices, but at the same time, I'm not going to be surprised if they open the trap door and we're gapping down in the morning. The whole idea is to be pre-prepared for both scenarios. What's the storyline on the cues? Is it trying to tell us that's a reversal candle? Is it a tail candle? Is it anything we can hang our hat on? Well, here's what you can do. You can trade against that high, closing daily above that high, likely even hourly above that high, and we're probably going to make new highs in the queues. Now, you'll notice something interesting. The queues did not make new highs. The S&P did make new highs. That's called a divergence. There's other indices that did or did not make new highs. It's not the point. We just want to be able to identify divergences that should be and likely are important. We have to look at it two ways. We have a lagging index because the growth sector, the sector where fund managers, where people who are looking for growth go to play, the tech sector, the small caps, a la the IWM. These indices are not making new highs, yet the S&P 500 made a new high, didn't close up there, but certainly spiked above by a little bit. So the market is in a different position. There are some divergences out here. They are of note. They're puzzle pieces. They're on the table. 
We never talk about the Dow, but since we're talking about divergences, looking at the indices, might as well bring up the Dow. I don't think this is a real index. I look at the S&P 500. The charts look the same. The reason why I don't think it's a real index is because it's 30 stocks. It's not representative of a market. It's just representative of those 30 stocks. And yes, those 30 stocks can be representative of the market in and of themselves on many days, and they are. It's a symbiotic relationship because so many people follow the Dow. I get it. It's circular. But at the end of the day, I still don't follow it. I don't really care. Similar type of candle. We've seen these trend-changing looking type of candles on many charts. You see the position. It's a rehash of what we've already discussed. We're not going to go through it. Didn't make a new high. Didn't close above the breakdown candle high. So here we have another chart saying something. Have we seen a blow-off top yet? We talked about a blow-off top yesterday. No. The answer is we have not seen a blow-off top yet. I'm looking for a top. Could that be in the midst of a blow-off top? And the answer is yes. Could they screw everybody over and go down on Friday and then have a blow-off top on Monday? Absolutely. Nothing would surprise me and nothing should surprise you. How about the XLF? Not the same look from a candle perspective, but the same or similar position on the chart. Different story, same story, same story. Therefore, move it along. SMH, different story, same story, same story. Different position on the chart, trying to get to the old highs, haven't got there yet. Will they bust through? Time will tell. We don't know. We can guess, but why would you do that? Want to trade against today's high on the short side? You can do that. It's not a high probability trade based on the look of the chart. Some of the other charts are higher probability trades. Not all charts are made equal. And here's something important. Not everything is a trade setup. That concept goes hand in hand with sometimes just keep your hands in your pocket. How about a short hop? We're looking at Bitcoin now. Why? Because I get requests from time to time to cover one thing or another, and I'm generally happy to do it. So I got some requests to cover Bitcoin. So let's cover Bitcoin. First, we'll cover the chart, and then I have some thoughts. Uh-oh, here we go. Got to put the work boots on. The chart is pretty simple. You can see where we are as it relates to these moving averages. Some will call this a triangle. Some will call it other things. I call it a market that seems to be consolidating in a bullish formation to work its way higher. Now, here's an interesting one. Traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will see something interesting from a timing perspective on this chart. It's not traditional. It's not necessarily exactly obvious, but it's interesting. And it's pointing to higher prices. What are those lines on the chart at 9,500 and 8,750? If we're going down, those would be areas that if not support, you would see the next area. So if 9,500 didn't hold, you would see 8,750 in rather short order or even lower. When you look at the weekly chart, what do you see? We have a move like this. Have you ever seen me do this before? And have you ever seen this work out before? So we don't know if it's going to work out. But certainly, as long as we stay above 87.50, I would say that this particular weekly bull flag pattern is intact. 
Now I want to talk about something else real brief as it relates to Bitcoin. I'm not a crypto person. I don't profess to know all that much about all those cryptocurrencies out there. What I'm going to do is give you my take on where we're going into the future, what this is really all about. I think most of the coins, and I don't really know whether Bitcoin does or does not fall into this category, but I think most, 80%, 90%, maybe 95%, who knows? I think most of the coins out there are just nothing other than a sideshow. I don't think anybody's ever going to really transact any business on 95 or maybe even 99% of the cryptocurrency, quote-unquote, coins out there. Now, folks that understand cryptocurrency will come back and say, that's not the purpose of each and every coin. I get that. I know there's not a monetary purpose or exchange of value or monetary value to each coin. I get that. But here's where I'm going. I still say most of the coins are a sideshow, but the technology is not. The technology known as blockchain is where the home run slash grand slam is. Don't know how to take advantage of it yet. I don't know whether it is or will not be Bitcoin related directly, but I know blockchain isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So the average Joe out there hears cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, they think of money, and it really doesn't go much deeper than that. They're not thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Sooner or later, somewhere into the future, 10 years, 20 years, 5 years, 30 years, I have no idea. Somewhere into the future, we're going to be transacting stuff using cryptocurrency to some degree or 100% using cryptocurrency or some form of online payment and peer-to-peer payment alone. Now, peer-to-peer is the important component. It cuts out the middleman. Why do we need a bank to begin with? Other than them paying us interest as an incentive to park money there, the reason we use a bank is because the banks today are a foundation of how our financial system works. That may or may not change, but the way we do business ultimately will change. Let me decryptize this for a second. Let me give you a case in point. The real estate market itself is a very complicated market to sell a house, buy a house, sell a commercial property, buy a commercial property. It's a complicated business, a lot of parties involved, a lot of hands in the till, a ton of paperwork, a lot of unnecessary redundancies. Blockchain resolves a lot of those redundancies. Now, I'm not going to give a lesson on blockchain. In fact, I can't give a lesson on blockchain. I'm not qualified. I'm learning. I'm doing the homework. I suggest you do the same. It's really a fascinating topic. Think of it like this, and I'm way oversimplifying it. And I also could be the guy sitting in the bleachers all the way by himself when everybody else in the stadium is in the lower section watching the game wondering, what's that guy doing all the way up there? I could be that guy. But my take on blockchain is the technology is such that it will eliminate a lot of the redundancies, a lot of the middlemen involved in transactions. It will enable us to do quicker, more seamless, more secure, and more peer-to-peer transactions. Could be any type of transaction. Doesn't have to be buying or selling something. Could be the execution of an agreement. 
The list is endless. The whole limitation is only to your imagination. I didn't give you much. You have to go read up on blockchain if you're curious at all. And then you'll begin to see where I'm going with this stuff. It's really endless and I'm only scratching the surface of what I intend to learn. That is a great place to pull the ripcord tonight. Before I do, let me first say I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. So I thank you very much. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.